If you are a small to medium sized business, this is the best time for you to compete in the market. And I know you might be saying, Lola, why is this the best time? And the reason for that is because now more than ever with higher interest rates, with inflation and everything that's going on in the world, this is the opportunity for small to medium sized businesses to get even more scrappy than ever before. So on this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about what advantages small to medium sized businesses have over big businesses and big brands and how you can leverage that to see maximum profits and to help your business grow. Stay tuned for this week's episode of Stuff Your Accountant Isn't Telling You. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Stuff Your Accountant Isn't Telling You. I am Lola Turner, your co-host of this podcast, and Terrell is flying. Actually, where is he right now? He's at the Gusto conference. So Terrell is actually speaking at Gusto this week. He's going to be part of a panel that is talking about some exciting stuff. So I'm running the show this week and we're coming off of our vacation season. We were in Greece a couple of weeks ago. It was a phenomenal time. I'll add some pictures here for those of you that are listening and watching the podcast. Some great photos. We took some really great photos in Santorini. We were in Greece, I think for a total of 10 days, 11 days. So we did a virgin voyage cruise, which we're going to do an episode on at some point when Terrell comes back just to talk about the business correlations and all the great things that we learned. But we spent some time in Greece. We spent some time in Athens and Santorini and Rhodes. And then we also spent some time in Bodrum, Turkey, which was a really great experience. So we did the virgin voyage cruise. And I will say as a business owner, finding time to relax and take time off is so critical. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This was not a work-free vacation. And I think as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I don't think you ever really get to the point until maybe, unless maybe you get to the point where you're just disconnected from your business or you are able to disconnect. I don't think you ever get to the point where you're never plugged in or you're never connected somehow, whether it's, you know, just ideas of other you know, business ideas or even improvements on your business. I think when you travel, you really get the opportunity. And when you're resting, your brain kind of has clarity to think through some things. And you really have the opportunity to really process things that maybe you wouldn't normally be able to process. So for me, for example, I did a couple of videos while we were on vacation just because there were several ideas that were coming to me from the trip and from the cruise and even just from seeing how Greece, um, the culture of Greece and how different businesses were operating. So I don't think you ever fully turn off your business owner hat and your entrepreneur hat. So, you know, I think it was a little bit unrealistic for me to expect that. But I will say I did get some good sleep. Terrell and I slept in a lot. Um, and that's not something we get to do when we're not on vacation. And so, you know, just sleeping in and watching movies, great, great, great experience. So um, fun, highly recommend as a business owner, finding time to to really relax, whether it's, you know, doing so, you know, two hours from your house or even at home, because sometimes you just need to recharge. So yeah, great, great trip. Summer's been fun. So today's episode that I want to talk about is something that I've really seen come and kind of be predominant or dominant in the market more recently that I want to talk about. And if you just think about how much time you spend online as a business owner, depending on what industry you're in, whether it's 
you know, reviewing customer transactions, interacting with your customers online, whatever that might be. As a business owner, especially in this digital age, you're going to be spending a lot of time online. And one of the things that I've realized is more, more than ever now, my purchases, a lot of my purchases are happening online. And they're happening through Instagram, they're happening through, you know, seeing something, you know, nice or cute, a cute outfit that I like. A lot of those things I'm buying because I see something on Instagram and I see something that appeals to me. And a lot of these brands are not big brands. A lot of these brands are small to medium-sized boutiques or female, women-owned, male, whatever it is, just individual owners or business owners that put their products out, promote their products on Instagram, and you see their product, you like their product, and you buy it. And I think this turn of the digital age is such a big advantage for us as small to medium-sized business owners. And I think one of the things that your accountant is not going to tell you is how do you maximize these opportunities? Where do you differentiate yourself from big brands or big businesses? And how can you really leverage the differences to really maximize your income and maximize your profit in your business? So I want to go ahead and jump into it. So as I was talking about, I think the first and biggest thing that I've noticed, the biggest differences that I've noticed and I'm going to be talking about maybe four or five differences and how, as a business owner, you can leverage those differences to help your business stand out. Um, the first difference I will say is just agility and innovation. I mean, for most of my career, I've worked for Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things that I've noticed that has oftentimes been a big hurdle is how quickly it is to make decisions. So agility and in innovation, and just by that, I mean just how quickly are you making decisions? What's the flexibility? How long does it take to launch new products? And a lot of times for big brands and big businesses, it could take 18 to 24 months to introduce a new product. And oftentimes in this digital age and digital media and just social media age, things can lose the value in its value in less than six months. So you have a hot new trend today, it's gone tomorrow. So oftentimes as a big business, by the time you respond to the trend, it might be too late. But the advantage that you have as a small to medium sized business is your ability to be able to get over and really embrace the agility and the innovation to where when something is trending and you are in an industry, for example, where you sell those products. I, one of the more recent things I can think about is recently the Barbie movie was um, premiered in theater and companies that had small business owners or medium-sized business owners that had, let's say, t-shirt companies or fashion companies and were able to do those Barbie themes, a lot of them, a lot of the big brands weren't able to turn around that quickly. And small to medium-sized businesses, we had you know Disney reaching out to partner with these small to medium-sized business owners to really help them promote the movie and promote the Barbie brand. So a lot of times the agility and the innovation for you to be able to release product, and a lot of times you see stuff where something's trending on social media and you have a t-shirt for that. And a lot of times that stuff doesn't last forever. It lasts overnight. It lasts a couple of weeks. So the great thing about being a small to medium-sized owner is you can really capitalize on the trends. It's not always going to pay off for every industry, but a lot of times, depending on your industry, especially if your industry is one that is connected to a lot of tangible products, it makes it very easy for you to really capitalize on those trends. So the second thing is just 
when I think about the advantage that a small and medium-sized business has over a big brand, it's going to really be cost efficiency. If you think about it, the bigger your business gets, if you're not really taking the getting scrappy approach, it's easy for you to have a lot of overhead. And I think part of that is just you know, comes with being a bigger business. There's a lot of overhead because when you think about the bigger your business gets, the more regulations you have to take into consideration. The more money your business makes, the more tax uh, regulations you need to take into consideration, the more scrutiny you get in a lot of sectors. So of course, some of that is needed because you have to have overhead to support some of those things that might not necessarily be tied to revenue generating activities. But when you think about small to medium sized businesses, if you have 10 to 12 employees that you're operating, you can really think about when you're wanting to make changes and when you're wanting to pivot or move in a new direction or launch a new product, for example, you have the ability to really make changes and make changes that are going to help you manage your cost. Whereas if you're thinking about a bigger brand or a bigger company, sometimes it's harder for them to make those pivots as quickly because they have just such a huge amount of overhead because in some cases, a lot of that is needed. And so something to keep in mind is remembering as a business, especially as a small to medium sized business, you have the ability to pivot and navigate through situations where you might need to get scrappy and cut your costs much quicker than a bigger business and really leveraging that to help you grow your margins in situations where you might find, you know, revenues moving a little bit slower or you're not making as much money as you expect it to make or as you forecast it to make. So that's the second one. The third one is, I would say, advantage that we have as small to medium-sized business owners over big brands is the ability to really leverage a niche focus. Um, like I said, earlier in my career, and just for the last 10 years, I've worked for Fortune 500 companies. And sometimes a lot of these Fortune 500 companies don't really have niches. I think that's how they grow. Once you get to a certain point, you grow by acquiring, by M&As, by mergers and acquisitions, by buying new companies. And sometimes those companies may go along the lines of you know, what your company is about. But I will say the bigger the business gets, the more generic it gets. So like, for example, let's take General Electric as an example. Um, GE is a company that has over the years acquired multiple companies that are related to, you can say, the manufacturing sector, the aerospace sector, but it's all kind of under the umbrella of almost like a conglomerate of companies. And I think the bigger you are, the more you can afford to maybe take some of those big plays and buy companies that might not necessarily be tied into like specific you know, niches. But the problem and the challenge with that is we talk about how really having a niche and focusing allows you to kind of zoom in on that audience and get to know your audience. You can sell to them better. And if you have a very big brand, you really need to spend time understanding different audiences, depending on the type of products that you're pushing. So the advantage of really leveraging as a small to medium sized business owner, you really have the ability to leverage the niche focus, which means you can really focus on understanding what your customers like and also tailoring the experiences that you're offering to meet those needs of the customers. And I will say, this is something Terrell and I have had to learn and navigate also in serving law firms and providing accounting and bookkeeping services for law firms is we've noticed, quickly noticed that our law firms tend to be in a certain demographic, tend to be within a certain revenue range and really understanding, okay, what is it that we're doing that is appealing 
to those specific demographics, those specific law firm owners? Is it, you know, maybe the way we're running our ads? And it really gives us the opportunity to really dissect, create a trend, and then be able to redeploy our strategy to say, okay, based on what we're doing, this is the results we've been getting. Now, how do we go do this, but at another level? Because we are so niche focused, because we know we work best for law firms, we work best for law firm owners. And now we can actually take it another level and say, we work best for law firm owners in this region of the country. We work best for law firm owners that are between X to Y, you know, let's say between, I don't know, one to $3 million of revenue a year, whatever that number is. So really being able to leverage the niche focus to understand your audience, to understand what they want, and to really craft your strategy to be able to change what you're doing continuously and being flexible to meet what your customers want. So Leveraging the niche focus is extremely important. The fourth tip I would share is that I think, you know, small to medium sized business owners really have over big brands and big businesses is when it comes to really harnessing community and authenticity. When I think about authenticity and I think about big brands, oftentimes when you think about a brand like Target as an example, or when you think about a brand like Geico, there is millions of dollars that is put into really crafting what the brand means, right? There is a huge team. Like when you think about Geico, for example, what do you think about? When you think about Geico, you think about the Geico, right? And you think about the Geico with the British accent. When you think about Target, you think about the round circle, the red circle. So there's millions of dollars every year that's really spent creating and cultivating a brand authenticity. But one of the things that you would notice with big brands is it's oftentimes very hard for them to harness a sense of community unless they're very focused on a specific initiative, right? So for example, there are certain brands that consider themselves ambassadors for certain causes, you know, whether it's they decide to partner with specific small businesses or community leaders in specific areas to drive an agenda. They have to work through a lot of companies or a lot of organizations or non-for-profits to really be able to drive what it is that they're trying to do. If you think about yourself as a small to medium-sized business owner, if there is something that you are passionate about or there's something that, let's say, your product allows you to be able to provide for the community. The best way to really be able to offer that is to reach out and connect with a local community and almost have a grassroots approach, which is very difficult for large companies. So for example, I'll use Terrell and I as an example. We are passionate about making finance and accounting simple for business owners, point blank simple. In our business, we do it really well for law firms. That is our niche. That is where we focus. But if you think about our connection to the community, how we connect into the community and our authenticity is how we're able to do it with simplicity. And then we partner and work with a lot of local universities in the state of North Carolina and South Carolina to be able to offer and even just startups and non-for-profit organizations that focus on entrepreneurship to give a lot of the classes we offer for free. For example... I worked with a uh, venture, uh, a company based in um, Asheville, North Carolina, very recently, and I did a class for them on our marketing content strategy. And this was something that they paid us for, but it was really something that allowed us to really be able to reach in and think through, okay, this is what worked for us when we were starting our business, the content strategy, deploying that content strategy, what were the results we got, and really spending time with people who were kind of 
in the first year of their business really struggling with and trying to figure out how do I put out content in the best way possible that it connects with my audience. And for us, because as business owners, whether it's you know through paid or through free programs, Terrell does a lot of free speaking stuff because he's connected in the community and that has opened and provided room for paid speaking engagements. But this is something we're really passionate about. So like working and speaking to students who are studying entrepreneurship at several universities and really partnering with the community allows you to foster that sense of community and authenticity. And when you go into this, you can't go into it and just say, man, like I'm, it's a means to an end. It has to be something that you're really passionate about. So I would recommend as a business owner, identifying what that passion is and creating a community and authenticity around that product or around that service that you offer. And then taking that and turning it into from there, when people know that you're the subject matter expert in another area, it opens up opportunities for revenue. It opens up opportunities to grow your business. Whereas on a normal basis, if you're a big brand, you have to work through someone else. It's very hard for you to be directly connected to the community. It's very hard for you to be directly connected on establishing your authenticity or your brand because there's so much red tape around the process. So definitely it's something that you can leverage as a big business. And the very last thing that I want to talk about, the fifth um, kind of advantage that I would say that small to medium-sized business owners have over big businesses and really how you can leverage that is really mastering the local market adaptation. And by that, I mean, business owners, small to medium-sized business owners, if you are based, let's say you offer, I'm just going to make this up. If you offer, let's say you own a hair salon in the state of North Carolina, Charlotte, not very creative, <laughs> but let's say you own a North uh, hair salon in Charlotte, you see your customers day in, day out, anywhere, right? So especially let's say you uh, have a woman's salon and you're seeing your potential customers at the supermarket. You're seeing your potential market customers at church. You're seeing your potential um, customers at the gas station, wherever it is, right? So you really have the opportunity to be able to just start conversations with people, understand what it is they're looking for and figure out how do you adapt that to be able to better serve your potential customers? How do you adapt that to be able to better provide a service? And sometimes I think we miss the opportunity to really find how do we take our real life experiences and use that to help us drive our business better? Sometimes we tend to operate in silos or, you know, sometimes you're, if you're like me, how I used to be, you know, when we first started our business, I really wanted to separate the business from the personal. I was like, I'm out in the streets. I don't want to have to think about accounting and finance right now. I don't want to have to think about running a business. I just want to have a good time. But one of the things that I noticed is that there are business lessons in every life experience that you have. And so instead of pushing or running away from that is really leveraging the opportunities that I had to really pick up and understand, man, like this looks like this is an opportunity. This looks like it's something we can leverage to help our business go forward. And so really leveraging the fact that your business is small enough to really be able to study the market that you're offering to and uh, small enough to be able to really make those changes in a quick way. So those are the five tips that I shared. Hopefully that was helpful for you. But I think ultimately when it comes down to it, you really just have to think about as a small to medium-sized business owner, you have your goals. You want to make your business big. You have certain financial goals. And as your, I guess, virtual accountants or as your stuff, your accountant isn't telling you accountants, our goal on the show is really to always give business owners practical tips that they can use to really grow their business. Because at the end of the day, 
everybody wants the business to succeed. We want your business to succeed. And I think coming at it from the mindset of how can I leverage the advantage that I have and even understanding the advantages that you might have will definitely help you have a very different perspective on how you do business. So just to recap before we go, there are five things that I shared where you have an advantage as a small to medium-sized business over a big brand or over big businesses that you can leverage. First, embracing agility and innovation, your ability to be able to launch new products, go with the trend, adapt and release products to help you maximize your revenue. The second one was focusing on your cost efficiency, being able to get scrappy as Terrell often says, how quickly can you get scrappy to reduce your costs, to move things around, to make sure that your business stays profitable when you might be running into cash flow issues. The third thing is leveraging the niche focus, really being able to find your target audience, drilling in on that target audience and helping you figure out how do you appeal, speak, address, and understand that target audience. The fourth thing is really harnessing that sense of community and authenticity that I talked about when I mentioned as a business owner, medium and small, you have the ability to really be able to connect directly with the community, which tends to be more difficult with bigger brands. And number five is really mastering the local market adaptation, which was just basically how easy it is for you to study your customers to then be able to pivot your strategy. So that being said, always a pleasure to be with you guys. Um, hopefully in the next couple of episodes, Terrell will be back. He's traveling and, you know, we've been acquiring new clients and growing, which is always great. Um, and I wish for all of our business owners that listen on this podcast, I wish you guys growth in your business. We're coming to the second half of the year. We're already actually at the second half of the year. This is a great opportunity, like we talk about on the podcast, to really understand where your business is financially. And this is really a great opportunity for your accountant to give you insight. If you're not getting insight from your accountant, on where your business is, it's a great time to have a conversation because what you don't want to do is get to the end of the year and be surprised by how much money you owe on the tax side or be surprised that you didn't hit some of the goals that you wanted to hit. So great time to have a conversation. And you know, if if you know, if you don't know what to ask, I can give you some tips. Hey, I'm trying to understand where my business is financially right now. Can you please share with me my financials? That's a really straightforward way to do that and have that conversation. So if you're a law firm, as you know, we offer uh, bookkeeping and CFO services for law firms. So you can reach us here. Our contact information is in the comments. But just want to say thank you guys so much for always supporting the Stuff Your Counter Isn't Telling You podcast. But more importantly, we want to continue to bring you guys value. So thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Thank you.